Okay, today we are talking about uh, root loci and what that means you will see uh, in the following. Uh, root lo locus is a powerful design tool, especially for continuous time uh, systems. It finally gives the relation between the poles of the open and the closed uh, system. We will first give a definition. Then we need some drawing rules and we need some mathematics uh, to uh, show how we, uh, we can come to these drawing rules. Then a few examples. And then finally I will show the, the tau locus, that's uh, the root locus uh, of a system where we vary another parameter than the gain. Normally we consider variations in the gain of a system. And, but you can also change, for instance, time constants. Uh, so if the properties of the, uh, the, the process change, you can also investigate what, what happens then. Okay. So here we have a simple closed loop system, as we saw that in the, the last uh, presentation, uh, where we simplified the system to a process HP and a controller HC. Yeah. Well, suppose that uh, HP is a first order system, 1 over S plus 1. HC is just a gain, so we have a very simple case. Mm. Then the problem is simple, you can just compute it. You can compute the closed loop uh, transfer function by first computing the, lab, the loop gain and then uh, writing in this form as a part where you have uh, the dynamics and a part where you have a gain. So we have a part here with the dynamics and a part with just the gain. Yeah? So all the the gain factors also when there was a gain here, we combined that in KL. Okay. So then the closed loop equation is uh, just the forward path divided by one minus the loop gain or this expression. And when we look at the location of the pole, we see that the location of the pole is going to change. If KL increases, the pole just goes further to the left. Yeah. So we can uh, can draw that. For instance, we have a pole in uh, in minus one. If we increase the gain, then the pole goes to the k is one. The pole is in minus two. K is two. The pole is in minus three, etc. So this is very easy. No reason to go to complex things. Mm -hmm. And of course, we can show that in 20 sim as well. In this case, I use the, uh, the linear system editor. Hmm? Mm -hmm. So I have a transfer function here, 1 over s plus 1. And then I can just look here at the, the closed loop system and plot the pole zeros. Plot. So here we have the pole in, uh, in minus, minus 2 because the gain is, uh, is 1 of this system. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense always to redraw this a bit in such that you get a more or less uh, square plot eh, because this 0.7 uh, damping ratio should be with an angle of about 45 degrees with the, the negative real axis. Eh? Mm -hmm. If you want to interpret this with uh, damping and, and, and so on, it makes sense to have a proper plot. Mm -hmm. So we can now say, well, we take the controller gain, which, which was 1, mm -hmm. and when we are going to increase this, so we could do that here by uh, selecting edit and then say, well, we are going to vary the system gain, make it now two. Mm -hmm. You see the pole goes to minus three, yeah. etc. Hmm? Yeah. So in a feedback system, we see this that the, when K increases, the pole goes further to the left. Mm -hmm. Uh, the response is faster yeah. uh, because the pole goes to the left, it's further away from the origin yeah. and then the response is faster. The accuracy is better uh, because the, uh, the loop gain increases. Yeah. We have seen that in the section on sensitivity. Yeah. And so here we see that depending upon the gain, the pole moves to the left. Mm -hmm. Okay, now second order system. Still we can compute that because the equations are still relatively simple. We can write the closed loop equation and here we see it in a form which is not completely suitable yet. So we have to write it in this way and then we have to solve this second order equations in order to know where the poles are. Still that's relatively simple. 
we have a formula for that, minus 4 plus minus the, the root from 16 minus 4 times 3 plus k prime divided by 2. I use k prime, the root locus gain here, in the former situation where we just had a pole in minus 1. It was not necessary to make a distinction, but in case we have also this pole in minus 3, we write instead of k, k prime, because we have here the term s plus 3 instead of one third s plus 1. Yeah. We have seen that in, a, I think, lecture 2. Yeah. So depending upon the gain, again, we see where the, the poles are located. And when we simplify this, we get this formula. And we also see that for k prime greater than 1, we will have complex solutions, uh, complex solutions, so complex poles. Mm -hmm. Again, we can, uh, can do that. I can put this away. And here I have my equation of the of the plant. Mm -hmm. I can again look at the uh, closed loop uh, response. Uh, look at the poles and zeros. And here I also look at my compensator. Edit. Well, in this case the gain was 1. If the gain is 0.5, apply. We see that the okay. poles go more to real solutions. So for very low gains. Uh, yeah. Finally, if the gain is zero, we have seen that before. We have the uh, the open loop transfer function, and we saw that also in the sensitivity for yeah. very uh, immediately after a disturbance, uh, the, the feedback has no no influence. So you have the open loop performance. Also here, if the gain is almost zero, the, the loop gain, the, the system properties are the open loop properties, and when the gain increases, you can see that here the pulse slowly move to the point where you have two poles together, yeah, that's yeah. There, somewhere in between here, okay. and then the poles go up with yeah. a constant uh, real part, minus two, and the complex part increases and also the, the damping uh, mm -hmm. decreases. So we can also look at the step response in this case. Well, not this step response, because this would be the step response of the I close this, okay, and then I go to the response again and I ask for the step response. So we now have complex poles, so we have overshoot. I go back to my compensator and to edit, and now I decrease the gain. Hmm? Yeah. And you see that the poles okay. get a better damping. Yeah. And we see also see that then. At the moment, we get real poles. Mm -hmm. You see, there's no overshoot anymore, and yeah. the response gets slower as well. Hmm? Yeah. So this should be recognizable now. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. So for k prime is zero, we have poles in minus one and minus three, which were the open loop poles. And for k prime smaller than one. We have two real poles between minus 1 and minus 3. Yeah. And when k prime is 1, we have two real poles in minus 2. And for k prime greater than 1, two poles, two complex poles with a real part in minus 2. Mm -hmm. So also in this case, we can draw the location of the poles as a function of the gain quite easily. So this is, this is a root locus. Eh? Okay. But now higher order. Eh? Of course, we have computers nowadays, but... Uh, even if you have a computer which can do all the computations for you, it makes sense that you can do it on a piece of paper as well. Hmm? Because that also gives some insight in what, what happens and what are the, the reasons behind these uh, figures. But the problem is if you have higher order equations, they are difficult to solve manually. You can't solve a tenth order equation. Uh, by so you could go to computer tools like 20sim or MATLAB, uh, which, which have functions for root loci and, uh, and so on. But in the past, when we didn't have computers, graphical methods have de been developed where you can, in fact, these are methods to solve uh, higher order equations. And the root locus is an example of that, eh? because the root locus is a result of solving the equation of the, of the poles. The definition of root locus is that the root locus gives the locations of the poles of the closed loop system for variations in the loop gain of the system. 
Now first some mathematics. This is the uh, the S-plane. Uh, so we have here uh, the real axis and the uh, J-omega axis. Mm -hmm. And we have a zero in minus two. And we want to know what is the contribution of this zero in an arbitrary point in the S-plane. So HS is S plus two. And we want to know the uh, value of HS for S is S1. Okay. Now we can do that by drawing the vector S1, mm -hmm. we add 2, then we have S as 1 plus 2, and the combination of course, the sum of these factors is this vector. Yeah. And to make things more easy, we have the same length of the vector and the same angle of the vector with the positive real axis if we move this vector to the left and just let it go from minus 2 to the point where we want to know the value of HS. So if you draw a vector from minus 2 to S1, we know the value of HS as a real and an imaginary part or as an amplitude, a modulus and an argument, an angle. Yeah. The value of S plus A in a point S1 in the S-plane is equal to the vector from minus A to S1. And we can write that S plus A as a modulus S plus A times a to the power e a phi. Well, this is the uh, the argument. You know this notation. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So s plus a is the length of the vector and phi the angle with the positive real axis. So we can do the same with a, with a pole. The only difference is that the, uh, the pole has a different modulus and a different argument. The absolute values are the same, but in the case of a pole, because here we have one over S plus A, we have here one over S plus A modulus as a modulus, and we get a minus sign for the phi. Yeah. So that's just as easy. S plus A is, as in the former case, this expression, and because it's a pole, we have to use 1 divided by the length of the vector and find the angle with the positive real axis. Okay, now we have a pole and a zero. And again, this is uh, the same. Eh? We draw the vectors as 1 plus B, as 1 plus A, and now we just take the uh, the moduli, so S1 plus B divided by S1 plus A is the modulus of HS, mm -hmm. and we can add the, the arguments, so the argument is now A to the power J phi B minus phi A. So it's very simple, adding and subtraction and dividing uh, the, the moduli, and you have the solution. Now we go back to the Rotlokas equation and we simplify things even further. We just consider the loop transfer function HL. This is the pole in minus A. The transfer function, let's take a simple, uh, simple example here, first order. And this is the uh, equation of the closed loop. And the poles of the closed loop are in S plus A plus K prime is zero. Now we have to solve this one as we saw before. We can rewrite this as 1 over S plus A equal to minus 1 over K prime. And the interesting thing of this notation is that here we have at the right side only K. Mm -hmm. And at the left side we have the uh, dynamic part of the open loop transfer function. And so if you want to know the closed loop poles of this, you say, well, I just take 1 over S plus A mm -hmm. is equal to minus 1 over K prime under the assumption that this is the, the loop uh, transfer function. So you combine everything in, in one, even if it would be in the feedback. Uh, even in the feedback, the loop, loops are always determined by the, the, the loop transfer. So this is the loop transfer. And this is the very simple root locus equation for a first order system. So this, this form we call the root locus equation. And the big advantage is that this is the, uh, the open loop transfer function. Well, we are going to examine this. K or K prime is a real number, mm -hmm. so this must be real. Yeah. And then 
more difficult way to write a minus sign is a to the power j pi. Mm -hmm. So that's equal to the minus sign. Yeah. And now we have a modulus and an argument. So we now know that the modulus of this part should be 1 over k prime, and the arguments should be a to the power j pi. Yeah. So when we rewrite this, uh, and you you miss the minus sign here because I inverted uh, the left side and the right side, yeah. you miss the minus sign, but a to the plus j pi is equal to yeah. a to the minus j pi. Yeah. It's the same. So we could say that the points of the root locus should always have an argument a to the power j pi if we look at the uh, the arguments as for, from all the poles and zeros. Well, in this case, we only have one pole, so the only location on the in the s-plane where we have an argument a to the power j pi or minus j pi is at the left of this pole in minus a. Okay. Here at the right, if you take draw the vector, the angle is zero. Here the angle is 180 degrees, so all the poles must be at the left. We, yeah. we see that from the argument. Yeah, okay. So the next thing we can do is, we know now also that the distance to a certain point in the S-plane is equal to this expression. So the modulus of S plus A is K prime. Mm -hmm. So that means that if we, uh, we want to know the pole location for a certain Again, we can easily compute that as well. We will see that uh, in a minute. So we can do the same for a second order system. Well, we can write the equations and we can come up with the root locus equation. Again, very easy. You, this is my open loop system. Yeah. This is the uh, root locus equation. And now we know that, uh, for instance, if we look here, the arguments is zero and zero. So this is not part of the root locus. Here we have minus 180 degree from this pole, zero from that pole, so this must be part of the root locus. And here we have two times minus 180 degrees, which is again 360, so a plus sign. This is not part of the root locus. Hmm? So the real axis is ready, and we know already that the poles go into the uh, the complex plane. And of course, you can see that just in the middle here, that the contribution, what what's missing here to come to 180 degrees, is given is given by this pole. Okay. So in total, we always have here just in the middle yeah. 180 degree. Hmm? Yeah. So we can finish the uh, root locus. Now, when we look at the, uh, the moduli, we see that if we take this distance, which is equal to uh, the modulus of S plus 1, yeah. and we take this distance, which is equal to the modulus of S plus 2, we know that if we want to have poles here, we can compute the root locus gain. Yeah. So by just measuring the distance, if you say, well, I want a, a damping of uh, 45 degrees, You take this point, measure this distance, measure that distance, and you have the gain. Okay. So this is a design tool as well. Eh? You, because in design, we want to, to change the properties of the system. You want to have the poles on a certain location. Yeah. And, well, this is the solution for relatively simple, simple systems, but it, it's applicable to more complex systems as well. We just take the length of these factors, and k prime is the L1 times L2. Well, things are not much more difficult when we, we add a zero. Again, if we look at the arguments at the right of the pole, the sum of the arguments is zero. Here we have 180 degrees and zero. And again, at the left, we have 180 degrees of the pole and minus 100. Well, this is minus 180 degrees and plus minus plus 180 degrees together, it's zero. So this is not part of the root locus. This is not part of the root locus. This is part of the root locus. And in this case, if you examine the rest of the S-plane, you will see that this is the only branch of the root locus which exists. Eh? And again, when we want to know where the pole is for a, what the gain is for a certain location of this pole, eh? so the pole changes, the, the, the zero always remains on the same pl place. But the pole is going to change when we change the feedback gain.
So same formula, only that we now have L1 divided by L2, because the zero is just on the other side of the equation. So we can demonstrate this and uh, look at uh, step responses for various values of, of k prime, which we did already. Uh, but what we also can show now is that we can really use the uh, root locus in uh, in 20 sim as well. But this is the first order system, and now I can select the loop transfer which is the, the same in this case, uh, because I only have one element and the compensator is one. So the loop transfer is the same. And I can ask for the pole zero plot. But now I use my right mouse, mouse button and say, well, I want to know the root locus. So, oh, not normally what I do. Let's see, tools, options. If I go to plots, I say my default line thickness is uh, is three. Hmm? Okay. It's, it's not good for plots, but better for. Uh, I will close this and do it again. So I see now uh, clear yeah. the, clearly the root locus. Hmm? And when I uh, when I add a pole, yeah, so I go to the plant again and I say, well, uh, edit. Go to zeros and poles and say edit. I want to keep the system gain one. I add a pole in uh, minus uh, minus. What do what we have? Minus three, I think. Eh? Yeah, okay, minus three. Apply. We see the root locus. And I can, uh, for instance, say, well, I want a damping uh, of around uh, 0.7. I can just click here and see. Well. Often you won't, won't find the exact position because it is a very easy root locus. Is there, everything can be interpolated, but rather close to the 0.7, we find a gain of uh, 1.17. Yeah. And you can play with it and say, well, probably 1.2 or so uh, will be the gain needed uh, to, to bring the closed loop poles there in 0.7. But this gives at least a qualitative impression, also a lot of quantitative information. Yeah. Okay, so now we go to some rules, and most of the rules can be derived from the uh, the statement that the arguments of the uh, all the contributions of poles and zeros in the S-plane must be minus 180 degrees. Hmm? But this rule is too complex for manual construction of more complex root size, So we can derive from this rule a number of simpler rules, which help us to quite easily draw a root locus by hand. So that's what we will do now. This was the root locus equation. And we saw already that the root locus for variations in k prime starts for k prime is zero in the poles of g, l, the, the dynamic part, and ends for k prime goes to infinity in the zeros of GL. And so we had this first order example, the pole went from the open loop pole to the uh, zero. Yeah. And we also had a case of the first order system without the zero, and then the root locus branch went to infinity. So yeah. that's the last part of this rule, or it ends in infinity. If mm -hmm. there are more poles than zeros, which is in most cases true, eh? yeah. in a decent system, you always have more poles than zeros. Yeah. Then uh, one of the branches, one or more of the branches, will go to uh, infinity. The real axis rule has also already been found. Uh, the locus includes all points along the real axis to the left of an odd number of poles plus zeros of GL prime. So if we had one pole at the, at the right, then at the left of that pole, it was a part of the root locus. When we pass the zero, the number becomes uh, even. So it's not part of the root locus. Only if the number of poles plus the number of zeros is uh, is odd, yeah. then it's part of the root locus. Okay. Yeah. So this is a more complex example. So we see that this is not part of the root locus. This is part of the root locus. Yeah. This not. This is part of the root locus. Yes. And we know from the first rule that the root locus goes from the poles to the zeros. So this will be part of the root locus. Mm -hmm. uh, this will be part of the root locus. And well something will, will happen here. Hmm? Yeah. 
because it has to escape here. The two poles yeah. bump together and there must be an escape. Hmm? Yeah. About the escape, if k goes to infinity, the branches of the locus become asymptotic to straight lines with angles and the angles follow from the, uh, the rules. Suppose we have uh, a number of poles on, on one location, uh, then together anywhere in the uh, in the S-plane, they have to give a contribution of, uh, of pi, a phase contribution of pi, and always plus or minus 2 times k pi. So if we have three poles, each of the poles have to give a, a contribution of one-third. Eh? Yeah. And the zeros subtract the phase, so this minus the, uh, minus the zero. So mm -hmm. well, n is the number of poles and m the number of zeros. Eh? Yeah. So in, in case we have... Uh, three poles, we have three asymptotes. Hmm? Yeah. So in this case, we have only one pole, n minus m is one, so there's one asymptote in minus pi. Hmm? Mm -hmm. In this case, n minus m is zero, so there's no asymptote. Yeah. Here we have two poles, so two asymptotes with an angle of pi over two. Hmm? Okay. Now, three poles close together in this case, three asymptotes so this will be the root locus. Okay. And in case they are on the same location, this is the root locus. If they are further apart, these are just the asymptotes. Mm -hmm. Then we want to know where the asymptotes start. And that's at the, uh, the centroid of the pole zero plot. And you find that by taking the sum of the pole values of GL prime minus the sum of the zero values of GL prime divided by one over mi one minus m. Yeah. So in this case we have minus one plus minus two plus minus three, which is minus six, minus minus four. So what's left is minus two. So the uh, asymptotes start here in minus two, and we have one. 2, 3, minus 1, we have two asymptotes, so we have asymptotes here. Hmm? Yeah. Well, we know already that we can draw this as part of the root locus, this is part of the root locus, here is the asymptote, so we know that this must go into the, uh, the S-plane, so it will go to the asymptotes after some time. Hmm? Yeah. Oh, I, I said minus 2, I made the wrong... I forgot the, the, the n minus m, huh? so the asymptote is minus, the, the starting point is minus 1, so we can draw that here. Well, that differs just a little bit. Huh? So this part can be drawn with the former rules, and we now know that this goes from here to the asymptote. Huh? Yeah. And when we look very closely, we will see that the departure point is not exactly in the middle, it's a little bit to the right. Yeah. You can compute exactly where the departure is, but uh, there is also another view on this uh, this drawing root loci, which we'll come to in a, in a minute, and that also indicates that it's just a little bit to the right of, uh, mm -hmm. of the middle. Yeah. Well, and if you look at the real root locus drawn by 20sim, we see that this is, uh, is very close. Eh? So yeah. it was just drawn by hand eh, without any computer. Already a reasonable complex system, but you can do that. Well, the, the main error you make is that this often goes too, too quickly. Eh? So this always goes uh, very smoothly. Eh? Yeah. Well, that is the result, and you can do the 20sim demo yourself. Eh? Yeah. We talked about the uh, departure point of the root locus from the real axis, so the loci leave the, or enter, yeah, but they, they can come back as well. Yeah. If there are zeros further to the left, they first go up and then come back to the real axis again. Okay. So loci leave or enter the real axis is again k prime, that's the maximum or the minimum value of k prime in that region on the real axis. So k increases on the real axis until it cannot increase any further before coming complex. And these points are called the breakaway points. So we have a maximum on the real axis. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So that means if we try to determine this maximum by uh, differentiating uh, the root locus equation with respect to ds, we get this uh, equation. The solution of this equation gives you the, uh, the breakaway points. Yeah? Yeah. 
And because if you look very locally, yeah, there's always two poles that play a role if you forget about the rest, because if you zoom in quite a lot, all the other poles are far away. So in, in the case of two poles, we always have uh, that the segments leave the real axis with angles uh, pi plus or minus pi over two. Hmm? Okay. So they always go straight up yeah. or down. Hmm? Yeah. Another view, and that's, uh, well, especially for people in electrical engineering interesting, but I think with some basic physics, it's clear for everyone. We could consider uh, poles and zeros as uh, as charges. Poles are positive charges and zeros are negative charges. And suppose you have a, a small particle eh, close to the pole with a positive charge. What will the particle do? It will be repelled by the pole and attracted by the zero. So the particle will go from here to there. That's the root locus. Hmm? That can be used in more complex systems as well, because what happens here, we have three positive charges. If you are very far away, we just see one positive charge, but with a value of three. Hmm? Mm -hmm. So that means that we have uh, three asymptotes, which are in the in the center, and we saw it already, the centroid of this discharge. Hmm? Yeah. So that the rule for the breakaway points of the pulse, so the, uh, the centroid in this case is, uh, is minus one. So that's the breakaway point of the uh, asymptotes. And the, uh, the, the breakaway point of the root locus itself huh, will be about in the middle here. But because this is a positive charge, the breakaway point will move a little bit to the right because the uh, this positive charge repels yeah. the, the, the pole, the, the particle here. Okay. So that, that that's just some some feeling uh, to, to draw a root locus. Okay. And this is again a, a real plot. And here also you see that we have here pole in minus one, minus two, minus three. Mm -hmm. And this is the middle. Yeah? The okay. departure point is just at the right of the middle. Yeah. Hmm? Well, this is probably the most complex rule, and then we have had uh, all of them. If we have two complex poles, yeah, that it could be that we have an open loop system with two complex poles, yeah. uh, we want to know the angle at which the uh, root locus departs from the complex poles. Again, we use the, uh, the argument uh, rule, yeah. the argument of a point in the neighborhood of the uh, the complex pole is equal to the uh, the sum of the arguments from all the other poles with a minus sign mm -hmm. plus the sum of the arguments from the zeros with a plus sign plus pi because we, we want the, to have the 180 degrees and the same the angle of approach uh, at the complex zero, it's the same rule, but just with the plus and minus signs inverted. Hmm? Yeah. So in this case, uh, when I, I give an example, it's uh, hopefully clear. We have two complex poles here. This is the open loop system. And we want to know the root locus in this case. So when we consider the departure point here. We have a phase contribution of pi over four from the uh, zero. Yeah. We have a phase contribution of pi over two from the pole. Well, this is a minus sign, this is a plus sign. Mm -hmm. So together, the argument must be 180 degree. So minus pi over two plus pi over two plus pi is the contribution that should come from this pole. Okay. And when we Compute that at 3 pi over 4. Yeah. That means that the root locus will depart like this. We know that this is not part of the root locus. This is part of the root locus. So the root locus must in some way go from here back to the real axis. Yeah. And in this case, well, from the charge model, you can almost imagine what happens. This is a, a satellite moving around the Earth, so it will be a circle. Hmm? Okay. So the poles are attracted here, so th this must be a circle. Mm. 
and if the poles would have been in the uh, the origin, the circle would have been closed. Okay. And in this case, of, we, we will see that uh, quite often such a circle, especially when we have uh, other kinds of feedback than just proportional feedback. Well, this is an example we will see more often. This is uh, the servo system we saw in the beginning. We have the, uh, the, the, the mass of the load. We have the pole in the origin because of the uh, integration from velocity to, uh, to position. And we could have, for instance, an electrical time constant. Well, in such a case, the root locus is uh, quite easy. The real axis is this part and that part. So this is, uh, doesn't play a role anymore in the consideration this pole goes far away yeah. but the influence of this pole is that the root locus is not going straight up but yeah. bends to the right and the system can become unstable because that's very important if you cross the uh, imaginary axis the j omega axis at the right of it poles at the right of it indicate an unstable system okay. so from rule one and rule two we find this Rule three and four, we find the, uh, the asymptotes and the uh, departure point of the uh, asymptote. Well, this can be drawn, this is just at the right of the middle. Hmm? And then we uh, can try to complete it. And this is the root locus. And in this particular case where we have a third order system, we can even relatively easily compute the uh, intersection with the j omega axis which is important because that's the gain where the system becomes unstable. Yeah. So let's uh, do that. This is the root locus equation written as, the, as a characteristic equation again. Mm -hmm. And in this case we can say that because S is uh, a real part plus an imaginary part, mm -hmm. that the imaginary part should be uh, equal to zero and the real part should be equal to zero. So when we uh, continue our uh, computations, and in this case the real part of S is zero because we just consider the j omega axis, hmm? mm -hmm. uh, we get this equation, and this is the real part, uh, this is the uh, imaginary part, uh, which should be zero, and this gives us the solution uh, that omega is zero or omega is uh, the square root of 10 yeah. and when we then use the real part and use this information we find that that's for a root locus gain of 110 and then we, of course the root locus gain is something we can compute with but in practice we have to know the real system gain and in this case the relation between the root locus gain and the system gain is that by dividing the root locus gain by uh, by 1 times 10 we find the system gain. So for a gain of 11, the system becomes unstable by crossing the, the j omega axis here at uh, omega is square root of 10. And of course we also have a crossing at omega zero, and that happens when we would consider negative gains, then the root locus just goes the other way. Yes? Well, more interesting, of course, is uh, what is the point where the system has still a, a good behavior. Yeah? For instance, a damping ratio of 0.7. Well, we know how to do that. We take this distance, multiply it with that distance, and this is an approximation. Yeah? So, because we suppose that it's just going straight, uh, straight up and straight down, yeah. we disregard the, the bending. So, this is uh, one half, and then because it's 45 degrees, one half square root 2 times 1 half square root 2 and well we could say that as a first approximation this distance is about 10 hmm? you could say it's 9.5 but also a little bit longer so yeah. the accuracy is seldom uh, very high in, in, in physical systems eh? because there's a lot of uncertainty so I, I can can do the computations here very exactly but if the, the numbers are not not exact why should I do very exact computations eh? And the system must be okay yeah. with some variations as well. Hmm? Yeah. So if we continue this, we, we find that the uh, root locus gain is 5 and the uh, system gain is 0.5, which is, when we remember the, the last lecture about sensitivity, 0.5 is not a very good uh, gain for accuracy. Hmm? Mm -hmm. 
So one of the challenges we will face in the, uh, the, the next uh, lectures is to how to increase this gain and still have a good damping ratio. Okay. That means that we want to, to add elements here which move the root locus to the left. Okay. We always want to stay away from the uh, right, right half of the S-plane and move this root locus to the left. And we have seen already that if we could put a zero here, mm -hmm. we can draw the, the poles to the left. Okay, yeah. That's the first indication of the way we are going to design controllers. Yeah. Well, we could uh, determine that uh, more accurately and then uh, find that uh, this rule is, uh, is reasonably true. Hmm? Mm -hmm. So again, I have the uh, controller design editor here. This is my plant. My compensator is, uh, is one. Uh, I can consider the loop transfer function all zero plot. In this case, I can uh, can zoom in a bit and say, well, the damping ratio, and I can hear the uh, let's see the real part, imaginary part are indeed almost the same. So, well, it's 0.4. Eh? But we are still a little bit lower if we go a little bit further. Yeah. Yeah. So anywhere in between 0.5 is a very good approximation. Hmm? Yeah. And we could even do that more accurately if we know that we need a, about a gain of 0.5. I close this. I say, well, now I change my gain in the compensator. Mm. Oh, let me do it here. That's easier. Let me change my gain in the compensator to 0.5. Hmm? Apply, OK. Then the measurements here indicate something else, but I could view the response. And now I have the closed loop system with a gain which is uh, 0.5. We see that this is uh, the complex part is a little bit too big. And but if I now ask for a pole zero plot, I again get the root locus. But in this case, the root locus has no meaning because this would be the root locus of the closed loop system when I increase the gain further. So it's now only meaningful to look here at the at the poles, hmm? yeah. and we see that the uh, damping is slightly less than uh, 0.7, yeah. and that uh, should also be visible in the step response where we see that the overshoot is not 4% as we would have expected in for a damping of 0.7, but it, it's almost 6%. Hmm? Yeah. Now and then I can do some fine tuning here by saying, well, the compensator edit the let the gain not be uh, 0.5, but 0.45. Well, that's more close. And then, and now I see that the poles are indeed almost on the 0.7 line. But but again, zoom zoom out a bit. This root locus has no meaning here. You take the poles of the open loop system. You can draw the root locus, and that's the one we we had. Where is it here? Yeah. This is the root locus based on the poles of the open loop system. Then this is the computation of the closed loop poles. And because I switched on that the root locus should be drawn, I get a root locus. But that root locus would be valid if I have the complete closed loop system and have another loop around it. Okay. So in fact, the only the thing I should do is just switch it off here. But then that one disappears as well. Okay. So this is the result of my root locus design. I say, well, I have the root locus here. I compute the, the gains where the, uh, the poles have the desired location. And I check that here. And indeed, the poles are where I want to have them. Hmm? Okay. And don't draw a root locus here. So yeah. if I want to see the root locus again, I can switch it on. Okay. Hmm? Yeah. The difference should be, uh, should be clear. Hmm? Now, more than one controller parameter. We have now considered just the, the loop gain, mm -hmm. but we can have other parameters as well. That makes the situation a little bit more complex. So we had proportional feedback KP, but in many cases, we also want to take into account the velocity of a system. For instance, in the first lecture, we had the example of a car approaching a traffic light. Okay. And in that case, it was clear that if you only consider the uh, the error between the position of the car and the uh, the white line at the traffic light, you will have overshoot. Yeah. 
so it made sense to uh, to take into account velocity which you indeed do if you are approaching a traffic light okay. so the most simple way to express that it would be as indicated here we have used here a second order process with a pole in the origin and a time constant of one mm -hmm. we have a proportional feedback and we have velocity feedback and velocity feedback was made here by uh, making a derivative of the, the error so this is a pure differentiation yeah you cannot realize this in practice as a pure differentiation but you can approximate it or you could measure the velocity here that's another approach so in this case the root locus equation is as follows and when we consider variations in kd we get this expression the problem now is that we have two gains which we want to know yeah. you may want to choose a certain kp or a certain kd but then we need another root locus well this is the root locus equation for kd but we have also seen that the pr proportional gain determines sensitivity and accuracy so maybe you want to choose kp first yeah. well we want to know the poles for variations in kp well this is again an equation which can be solved as a root locus equation so if we say well the poles for a certain kp are indicated by this equation okay. we take that and we solve that first by the way we now get a zero here s and that's only there for the uh, for the locus there is not not a real zero in this system well there's not a zero in the origin if there's a zero here but it isn't not yes. in the origin hmm? yeah. okay but this root locus equation this equation can be written again as a root locus equation so we have here the root locus equations for variations in kp and that's clear we have a pole in the origin pole in minus one mm -hmm. if there would be no tacho feedback if this wouldn't be non-existent we have the root locus which goes So we first assume KD is zero to find the poles for desired KP. Suppose yeah. we want KP to be 10. Yeah. And then when we know where the poles are, we solve that for variations in KD. Okay. So we have two root locus equations. First one this and then this. Yeah. First this equation. A pole in the origin, pole in minus one. Very easy. This beach is the square root of 10. That's the square root of 10. And there we have our poles. And we can guarantee that we have a, a loop gain of 10, which is a reasonable value. Yeah. So, well, without going into detail about the exact values, this uh, here we find the poles of the uh, closed loop system with KD is 0. Now we can look at the uh, equations for KD. So this is the situation and we can fill in now the 10 here. So now we only have one variable left again with the S, which should be added here in the origin. Now we have seen already before eh, yeah. this situation where we had a zero here. So this is a, this is a circle. Hmm? Mm -hmm. And that's very interesting because with KP, we can change the accuracy of the system. We can influence the accuracy of the system. We can select the distance of the poles from the origin yeah. and make the system as fast as we want, as long as it's a linear system. Mm -hmm. Suppose, well, if, if there's any limitation in the actuator, we have a problem. But if you just consider linear systems, the system can be made as fast as we want. Okay. But if you make the system faster, the damping is getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And by tuning KD, we can find the position where we want to have the poles with the proper bandwidth, with the proper gain okay. and the proper damping. Yeah. Well, in this case, we want to have the poles around here. Hmm? Mm. If we do that with the computer, we must take care that in this situation, the root locus gain of the process is one. Hmm? So because here, this expression has a root locus gain of uh, one. Hmm? And if you manipulate with uh, with 20 symbol model up, that, that that may may be different. But in order to find the proper value of KD, that's important. Okay. So we can consider that in uh, in 20 sim. So what do we have here? Let's see. We, let's make a pole zero plot. 
Is this correct? No. I don't think so. No, it is not correct. And if we look at the equation, we see that this part looks okay, but that we have a, a very small zero here, not in the origin, but in the uh, in the right half plane. Mm -hmm. And in addition, that changes the root locus, uh, okay. the, the, the system gain. So we, uh, the best way to do it is to, to take go to the transfer function and to remove this uh, this very small value. Hmm? Yeah. If we now say apply. Cancel now. I changed too much. Okay. Anyhow, we want uh, to have zero in the origin. Apply. Okay. This is the shape is okay now. Now we have to have a look at the uh, root locus gain, which is one. So if we do measurements now, we we, we find proper values. Hmm? Mm -hmm. So we want to have the poles in 0.7. And that means that our KD should be 3.4. So, yeah. yeah. And of course, we could have found that uh, manually as well if we uh, do the proper measurements here. Huh? So this distance multiplied with this distance divided by this distance is your uh, your gain KD needed for the proper system. Okay. Well. As I said, instead of using a differentiation, you can also have a speed measurement. Uh, so uh, an angle measurement uh, can be done with, this, uh, with this a, a code disk or with, with a potentiometer. Uh, the speed can be measured, for instance, if you use light on your bicycle, uh, you yeah. may have a kind of dynamo, uh, yeah. which, is, which is in fact a, a speed measurement device. Uh. Yeah. If you go faster, you get more light. Uh. Yeah, if you do that with a, with a more decent uh, device, then you have a good speed measurement. And well, this is the difference between the uh, response with KP is 10 mm -hmm. with and without the uh, KD. Yeah. Well, I suggest that you check this uh, system uh, yourself. Okay. Well, this uh, this completes uh, the story so far. Uh, we will uh, come back to root locus design uh, later on yeah. and then we will see other types of root loci uh, also for systems with time delay which is important for uh, discrete time systems as well okay. but this is the basics of drawing root loci and in fact with these rules you can draw any root locus you want yeah.